This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Diana Liz Gallego. She is the founder of Rejuvenating Lifestyle and Dance. Diana has a master's degree in dance and related arts from Texas Women University and holds lifetime teaching certifications in dance and physical education. Her knowledge and repertoire includes ballet, modern contemporary, flamenco, Argentine tango, tap, jazz, musical theaters, and ballroom, to name a few. Other movement studies include yoga, tai chi, and qigong. In her 44 years teaching career, she has won many local, state, and national recognition, including a coveted Disney Teaching Award. Diana and I will be having a conversation about her life's journey and how her program of Move, Refresh, Renew will help you rejuvenate yourself into the new you seamlessly while having fun. Good morning, Diana. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Rejuvenating lifestyle sounds very interesting and exciting for the new year. Congratulations on your new endeavor. Thank you. Let us start by getting Uh, to know you a little bit better. Give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Okay. Uh, I was born in Laredo, Texas, and at the time, it was one of the poorest cities in the United States, the lowest per capita income. And uh, my parents, um, I loved to dance. Uh, My grandfather um, decided when I was four years old that I should um, have formal dance instruction. And so um, I started dancing in a studio at four years of age. I studied classical ballet and Spanish dance. I had my first pair of castanets at four years of age. And, um, you know, I love the the beautiful costumes that I got once a year. Um, And um, I was extremely, extremely, extremely shy. And um, so I, I, I did the performances, but I didn't get up and, you know, have that competition type of energy or anything like that for a very long time. I was about 13 years of age when I finally did that. Um, and dance was very, very helpful uh, to me in, in school because in the third grade, uh, I, uh, we had a folk dance teacher that would come to the school uh, mm-hmm. once a week. And uh, I had talent, and so my peers looked up to me. And um, that social capital that I got from dancing from the third grade um, until I ended um, high school um, helped me grow um, as a person. And uh, it provided a vehicle uh, for me 
Uh, I kept dancing on into college, and uh, dance is a part of my life. It's um, um, something that I look forward to uh, every week, and it's something that keeps me healthy. I've done a lot of research on brain health, and it's a little known fact, uh, even among some of the authorities on, on brain health, that dancing is a full brain activity. And when we dance, we are, we are moving our limbs, but it is our brain that is doing all of making everything happen. And so we're moving in time and space with energy, and we're orchestrating, you know, where we move in mm-hmm. space, how we move in space. We're using or determining how much energy we're using. And uh, so we're using our prefrontal cortex to make all of those dis- command decisions. We're, we're listening to the music. We are in, especially in ballroom dance and in dance, modern dance improvisation, or even in classical ballet, we feel our partner. And so we have this, uh, we feel the floor, we feel the motion. And so every part of our brain is having a, a wonderful um, buffet. And mm-hmm. uh, it's pleasurable. And so we have uh, serotonin, which is the feel-good neurotransmitter. It's emitted, and uh, the brain-derived neurotrophic factor that is the miracle growth for the brain, it's released. And so um, our brain is just, you know, it's just a a very pleasurable and healing uh, experience. Very interesting. Let's go back a little bit. I know you started dancing when you were very young. At what point in your life... Uh when you think about it as a child, that dancing truly became a passion for you? Uh, Well, I decided I wanted to be a dance teacher when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. I thought, Mm -hmm. what a perfect life to get to dance (laughs) all day long and to wear beautiful costumes. (laughs) What could be better? (laughs) (laughs) And I still love the beautiful costumes. It's one of the reasons Uh that I love ballroom is you get to wear Mm -hmm. beautiful gowns. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I had a, a great aptitude for dance and for choreography. Um, and, as, and as a teacher, um, when I was uh, in the eighth grade in, in junior high school, our uh, dance teacher had a, a cerebral hemorrhage and she passed away uh, in the middle of the year. And we had substitutes, but there was no one qualified um, to be a permanent substitute. So I got to teach the class um, for um, a whole semester, mm-hmm. and my peers would answer to me, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> in the eighth grade. <laughs> that sounds terrific to me. <laughs> yeah. And it was really a, a major turning point in really in 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 my um, you know it's kind of solidified uh-huh. that idea of mm-hmm. being a dance mm-hmm. teacher would be a, a great life that I That's had fantastic. as a seven year old. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, eventually, yeah. obviously, dancing became a career and a teaching career in this case, and so forth. I often ask people, uh-huh. you know, like I run into people who has a PhD in English, and I'm saying like. Oh, uh-huh. my God. What do you know that I don't know when I was learning English? I'm just kidding. But having said that, you have a master's in dancing, obviously. Uh-huh. And so my question is like, oh, my God, 
what does that actually entail? Well, um, I, I got to take a lot of courses uh, related to dance and not a re- mm-hmm. related to dance. And, um, you know, I, I studied um, uh, philosophy, psychology, um, statistics, which was a very demanding course, mm-hmm. um, exercise physiology to, mm-hmm. um, to know how, what happens to the body when we are dancing. Uh, and understanding, you know, how the role of oxygen and um, free radicals and all that, you know, inflammation and, and yeah. as you understand training. Uh, I got to study uh, kinesiology, which we had to learn um, all the bones in the body, all the bone markings where the bones uh, attach mm-hmm. to the, uh, where the muscles attach to the bones and how every muscle in the body moves. Um and so that we could have a deep understanding of how to move the body in a healthy way. Um, I got to study uh, dance history uh, from primitive man to the present, and uh, that was an area that I excelled in because I had, um, I love history, and I had been reading history books uh, from the time I was in elementary school. And, uh, yeah, I I loved um, uh, dance history. Um, I got to take a lot of workshops with some really uh, exceptional people. Um, I got to study with Jack Cole, who is um, uh, was one of the originators of modern jazz dance. Uh, he mm-hmm. was a choreographer and and did the choreography in um, in the 30s. And I got to study with him at very late in his career. Um, I got to study. Um, uh, with Harriet Ann Gray, uh, um, just ballet, modern jazz people, uh, Gus Giordano, who uh, was also very instrumental in the development of modern jazz. Um, so there were physical um, and you know, intellectual and you know, just the whole plethora of the experience of dancing. Fantastic. See, now all the young men and women will be rushing to register to have a <laughs> master's in dance, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so in dancing, what really moves you in the dance? Uh, for, for me, um, dance um, is a social, uh, cultural, and spiritual uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um and there, there's just nothing like it when um, there's a, a scientist, is, he has this very long name, and I will try and pronounce it, it's Zizek Mahai. He has spent his life studying flow, being in a state of flow, uh, of what that means. Um, and to me, it's about being in the present moment and being free of everything except that moment. And, uh, you know, athletes uh, that, like, do soccer, they can get in the flow. Our, our um, athletes that are incredible, um, like basketball players and football players, they get into a state of flow. They, there may be a stadium of people cheering, but they're all, they, it's just them and the game. And you just give yourself fully to that being in that moment, holding absolutely nothing back, and and it's 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 an experience of 
of freedom and of being one with the one. And mm-hmm. it's just a holy moment. And you can't always have it every once in a while. Uh, I love dancing ballroom. I just love that connecting with, with another person and going into this state. And occasionally you just have a dance where you and the person are the only people in the room and it's mm-hmm. you and the music and the motion. And it just it's just a, a holy, you know, a complete um, expression of humanity and of existence. And that's the why I dance. <laughs> Fantastic. So in some ways, the music, I presume, moves you as well. Yes. Um, and I, I just, you know, it can, for me, uh, I love world music, and I, that goes along with my study of the history of, of dance, but also from having been born into a Mexican-American culture uh, and having that appreciation of both my American inheritance and my Mexican. That, and then that opened me up to, um, and loving ballet, that opened me up to classical music, Um, Mm -hmm. music just moves the soul and when I do my rejuvenating dance sessions uh, I use music from around the world from different genres from different time periods it just music whether it's a Native American drum you know just a simple drum beat or whether it's African drums or whether Mm -hmm. it's jazz music or classical music you know, if you just listen, not just with your ears, but just let that music permeate your cells and your skin and your hair and just let the music just fill you, you know, you can't help but be inspired to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. When and why did you decide to add ancient spiritual movement like yoga, tai chi, and qigong okay. into your repertoire? Well, my curiosity uh, for Tai Chi and Qigong goes back to uh, the Richard Nixon administration and the the exchange of artists uh, between the United States and and China. And um, I have always um, been amazed by the physical capabilities of Tai Chi and Qigong masters uh, and just my curiosity, when I had the opportunity uh, to study with um, Helen, and I wish I knew her last name, she did not speak English. Um, her father had been a uh, master uh, Qigong teacher in Taiwan, and she was um, visiting in the United States. I studied, studied with her uh, for seven years, and seven years might seem like a long time, Uh, from an American perspective, but uh, from a Chinese, um, uh, you know, perspective of what is needed to master, I'm, you know, I was still a beginner. Um, Mm -hmm. But I got to study with her, and um, after she left, I went to the Chinese Cultural Center in Richardson and continued to study. And um, it's just ancient culture has so much to offer us. Um, and today, as modern science continues to move forward, we're finding that ancestral wisdom has as much to offer us today as it did back then. And so mm-hmm. we are now rediscovering uh, in our Western culture 
uh, what many of our ancestors knew. Uh, yoga, I came to yoga. Uh, I became very ill in 2005 when we are not in a state of moving in the direction um, of our heart uh, and when we don't take the next step that spirit is leading us to take, um, we become physically ill. And I became very ill in 2005. And um, uh, I quit my job for a year and took a year to focus on my health. And uh, my doctor, uh, who I was very, very fortunate to find, um, Dr. Kantipong, uh, she um, advised me um, to try yoga, and I would go, uh, I studied with uh, Ranjana, um, and uh, I believe her last name is Payana, um, I don't know if I pronounced it right, and I studied with her, oh, I guess for about five years, and she was amazing inspiration to me, she was, um, I celebrated her 71st birthday during that time, and this woman, she she could put everybody, 20s on up, she could, her body was strong and fit and, um, and beautiful at her age. Mm-hmm. And she was a huge inspiration to me. And I continued uh, to do yoga, um, you know, at least once or twice a week um, until, um, uh, I guess, about two years ago. And uh, my schedule had just gone out of control. And uh, when I retired in August 2016, my body just couldn't do a yoga class. And, um, and so I, that's one of the reasons I created Rejuvenating Dance, because I needed something. Uh, today I could go into a yoga class and do it, but it's taken a year to um, get the energy back and get my body functioning in a and uh, what I learned from this experience is that self-care is n- not a luxury. We need to take care of ourselves first so we can take care of others. Mm-hmm. And uh, too many women in particular uh, dedicate themselves to their families. They come home from a full day of work and they you know, start uh, taking care of the children and preparing dinner and getting ready for the next day. Um, and then they find that their body starts to break down because relaxation and restoration are essential for life. That's true. Very, so, very true. Yes. So yeah. how comprehensive is your program? Well, um, I, I looked at the work of Anne Green Gilbert, uh, mm-hmm. who is um, the founder of Braindance and been a leader in um, the use of movement uh, to enhance the functioning of the brain. And I looked at her work. I um, also recognized that um, the flow of chi that we, we know about um, and, and, and prana, which we know from mm-hmm. uh, another tradition, that that, that that ancestral wisdom needed to, um, to be a part of restoring and rejuvenating the body. And so uh, it wasn't enough to uh, just do the movements. I needed to take uh, the breath because breathing is is essential for life. And 
so incorporating what I had learned from Qigong and Tai Chi and yoga about breathing, um, you know, when you stand in yoga and in, and in Tai Chi, there's a mm-hmm. feeling of being rooted and attentive and relaxed all at the same time. Um, you know, also from these ancient cultures, we know that there are energy centers in the body. And that's how acupuncture and acupressure mm-hmm. work. Uh, so uh, at the very beginning of the class, um, uh, we start by tapping gently with our fingertips um, the energy, different energy centers in our body to help give, bring forth that, ener- that qi energy into our movement. Mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. recognize that, um, that, that being in a state of flow uh, was very important. And also the use, I know um, I studied this one qigong um, warm-up, and it, com- it combined uh, Reiki with, with like Tai Chi movement, that's the way I can describe it. And so um, I also um, studied, I have a white belt. <laughs> uh, I've studied uh, Reiki as well. And mm-hmm. so um, using the flow and keeping the palm of the hand, like, you know, maybe four inches, six inches from the body, and stroking the, uh, the, our electromagnetic field uh, is very soothing. So I incorporate that. And the use of kinetic movement. If you hold your arm and you let it fall, it swings. And you're not using your own energetic reserves. You're using the energy of the movement. And that's also a a part of the pre-warm-up so that we use that kinetic energy and the flowing and the tapping to awaken the body and to give us the energy that we need to do the next part of the warm-up, which is some of the strength building um, and um, so that's how I use that. <laughs> Say, that sounds really wonderful. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Uh, podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest is Diana Liz Gallego. She is the founder of Rejuvenating Lifestyle and Dance. Diana has a master's degree in dance and related art from Texas Women University and holds lifetime teaching certifications in dance and physical education. In her 44 years teaching career, she has won many recognition, including a coveted Disney Teaching Award. We're having a conversation about her life's journey and how her program, Refresh, Renew, will help you rejuvenate yourself into the new you seamlessly while having fun. Diana, the theme of our show is rejuvenating yourself to the new you. What is Mm -hmm. your recommendation for individuals who are interested in a new year, a new me? Okay. Um, I think for for is one thing that I would say is move. Uh, Mm -hmm. The human body was designed for motion and we live in a society that is sedentary. And if we want to um, move forward in life, we need to get, get in contact with our body and start to 
honor it and and um, have a mind body connection because our society tends to sever us in, at the neck and we have our head and we have our body and they're separate. When you move, uh, you begin to um, bring them together um, and going out into um, out, out of doors if you can do it daily. Uh, even if it's for just a few minutes and get some sunshine um, and uh, walk out and, and, and just go for a walk if you can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting, um, and I agree with you. I think the movement is so important because in teaching ballroom dancing myself, I tell people about muscle isolations, things that they never even thought about, and going mm-hmm. back to what you were talking earlier before about the different movement of the body and what you're talking about is really muscle isolation of movement isolation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. We um, Also, that's part of Anne Green Gilbert's uh, brain dance, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, moving the body, uh, just moving one part to become aware of different parts of the body because there's a lot of parts of the body um, that, you know, um, new students have a hard time uh, connecting to. And uh, so discovering your own body, uh, how it moves and how good it feels to move um, are, are so important, um, I think, as far as um, listening to your intuition. Um, it's, uh, and that's a, another aspect that I try to bring into the class um, and for a lot of beginners at the very beginning, it's, um, it's difficult for them. Uh, I will lead uh, movements and um, allow them to explore. And then we take a, the Tai Chi stance position with our feet rooted in the ground and our body relaxed and attentive. And I ask them to scan their bodies and to, to see if they can find a place that, in their body that wants to move. And then I help them explore that part of their body uh, to help bring um, greater awareness of their body. Because if we don't move our body, we begin to become disconnected from it. And if we don't learn to listen to our body, um, we're lost. Our body is our compass through life, our, especially mm-hmm. our heart. And if we don't learn to tune in and and to become aware of what we're feeling, then we're wandering in life without a path and without a compass. And um, I think dance education, uh, when it's geared to uh, awaken the somatic sense of the body, can be very, very beneficial um, to people, uh, especially when they're wanting to make a perhaps a career change or they're wanting to improve their health. Um, learning to listen to the body is very, very important and something that our ancestors do, did and took for granted that we need to learn in our culture. So true. And that's pretty much a low-impact neuropathic therapy that one can go through, isn't it? Right. Yes. Um, the My dance program, uh, well, um, health requires different kinds of movement. Uh, for example, if you are wanting um, to uh, improve your heart health, then you want to do a cardio aerobic workout. Um, to be fit, 
overall, you need to incorporate some resistance work with either weights or bands or um, isometric exercises. And if you want brain health, then you need to do neurotrophic. And mm -hmm. neurotrophic, the best neurotrophic activity um, is, um, is dance. Um, Harvard um, did a 21-year study of senior citizens, and the study was focused on their leisure time activities. And they, uh, you know, there were all kinds of different activities: uh, golf, swimming, biking. Um, and at the end of 21 years, they looked to see if there were any of those seemed to indicate that there was a reduction in dementia and Alzheimer's. The researchers were absolutely shocked. Uh, golf offered zero risk reduction. Um, uh, swimming offered uh, zero risk reduction. And what we've learned mm -hmm. is that exercise has zero risk reduction in Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. might reduce... Uh, heart, uh, heart attack, but not dementia and Alzheimer's. What re helped the most was reading. It reduced about 36 the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's by 36%. Crosswalk puzzles reduced the risk by about 47%. Mm -hmm. And dancing, leisure dancing, like this is like people going out regularly to. Um, to dance socially, uh, ballroom or salsa or uh, folk dance or square dance. Dancing reduced the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's by 76%. Yes, the number, 76%. Because dancing, all dancing, is a neurotrophic, that means brain support activity. Now, my form of dance focuses um, on the research that I've read and bringing those elements and what we know from ancient culture, bringing those elements together to make sure that uh, participants have a full brain workout every session. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. You also use tapping, and I know you mentioned in the beginning about how you engage tapping as a warm-up. Tell uh -huh. us a little bit about right. tapping and how does it work? Well, uh, tapping goes back to ancient culture, um, to what the, the Chinese have been doing, uh, acupuncture, for thousands of years. And uh, my doctor, Vera Kantipong, um, really got me involved in um, um, acupressure. And mm -hmm. I would, when I was ill, I had 13 points that I needed to massage uh, twice a day. Um, morning and evening to help the energy move through my body. And um, these are uh, called meridians. And um, uh, we not only do tapping, we do massaging. It turns out that the ears uh, and the feet uh, hold all of the acupressure points. Um, you can, you know, um, tap into them. And so mm -hmm. sometimes we massage our ears. Uh, at the end of class, uh, sometimes we massage our feet, uh, and every class we do the tapping. Uh, you will find um, athletes, particularly uh, from like Korea and China and Japan, 
uh, in the Olympics, you will see the, uh, the divers and the swimmers uh, tapping their body in different places uh, before they, while they're preparing um, to it. And it's just awakening uh, the energy that's in the body so that it uh, can be there for us. Um, and it's, um, it feels great to, to touch the body. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happens when we're touching the body is we're not just touching the body, we're touching the brain because the brain registers um, that in, you know, when we touch our, and lots of times we'll be uh, moving and then all of a sudden we'll tap different places and mm-hmm. that is stimulating the brain in different places. The yeah. ancients really knew what, what they were doing uh, and how they knew, I don't know, but I'm just glad that <laughs> modern science is um, recognizing these contributions today. Do you recommend meditation as well? I most certainly do. Um, I meditate every morning, and uh, my New Year's resolution uh, now is to um, to begin meditating in the evening. Um, and I studied um, meditation for 40 years, and mm. it was very difficult for me um, to learn to meditate because one of the first things they say uh, when you start to meditate is um, uh, focus on your breath. And um, I had uh, some trauma uh, regarding uh, breathing when I was a, a child. And mm-hmm. so when they say focus on your breathing, well, I go into a state of panic. And uh, I tried, oh, I tried transcendental meditation. I tried the Silva method. Uh, I tried... Um, Oh gosh, um, several others uh, and uh, Vipassana, and I tried uh, Kirtan, um, and finally, um, I uh, uh, my one of my yoga teachers introduced me into the five warrior syllables, and I recognized that chanting, um, I could regulate my breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not focus on my breathing because uh, I could f- focus on the sound, and that uh, that served as my anchor. Um, today um, I am practicing uh, Sudarshan Kriya Yoga, and I'm practicing it. Uh, it's been very challenging. I've had to uh, really overcome um, a lot of fear, the the fear that I have with breath because it's a breath meditation. But it is the meditation that uh, has been scientifically um, uh, tested uh, for brain-derived neurotrophic factors. So when you do this meditation, it, um, it creates the, this uh, protein, and this protein mm-hmm. uh, helps the brain grow neurons. So if you want a healthy brain, this is probably... Uh, all of the meditations are beneficial to the brain. Um, you know, uh, Richie mm-hmm. Davison was probably one of the first ones uh, who did um, a CAT scan on a monk um, that the Dalai Lama um, selected for the experiment. And they thought that the brain was going to go dead quiet. And they were shocked when they saw the entire brain light up. All of the electrodes just went bing. They were bright. 
And um, so the entire brain, um, it, when, as you learn to meditate, the mm-hmm. brain goes into this wonderful um, sense. And the sensation in the body, uh, for those people who, who don't meditate, it is bliss. When, and I don't get there very often to that deep state, but just the moments that I have experienced that deep sensation of peace, and bliss and love. Um, it, it's it's a very spiritual um, experience, and it's very healthy for the brain. Very very interesting. Uh, at the end of each rejuvenating dance session, uh, I try to introduce um, the the last ten fifteen minutes of the class. I try to introduce uh, different forms of meditation to the people taking the class because um, I believe that it is an essential component for brain health, and each person has to find the form of meditation that fits them. If they want to start meditating, don't start uh, trying to do um, 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Start with just finding two minutes to focus on your breath and relax and try and do that consistently and then it it will be the growth of your practice will be organic uh and sustainable fantastic <laughs> wonderful information let's switch to food when it comes to nutrition is there a difference between eating to be healthy and eating to be fit um i think the two things go together uh because um, in order for you, for example, in order for you um, to have a healthy brain, your body needs to be fit. Um, that's uh, one of the recent um, research that has come out. You can't have a healthy brain and an unhealthy body. Um, and so, and today uh, the challenge becomes making an unreasonable decision and goal. Uh, to be healthy in spite of all the things that are available to us um, and making the choice to eat a healthy lifestyle. Um, What we now know is that sugar is the most addictive substance on the planet. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, our bodies can't handle. Yes, uh, we have a, a, a sweet a sensor on our tongue, and it's a, a part of the foods that we were meant to enjoy. But the amount of sugar consumed by Western society, uh, the body can't handle it. And so um, it also, um, sugar, a small amount of sugar is very pleasurable, but a large amount of sugar um, triggers the dopamine in the brain, and that becomes addictive. Um, then we have this craving for more dopamine and we require um, large amounts of sugar, uh, just like you would a large amount of drugs. Um, Sugar, uh, I put it in the same category as other um, uh, drugs that are banned. Uh, In addition um, to sugar, uh, I do a lot of research on brain health. And what we now know is the health of the gut equals the health of the brain. So Mm -hmm. if your intestines are not healthy, um, then your brain cannot be healthy. 
Well, gluten, it turns out, the gluten that we eat today is not the gluten that our, that our parents ate. Um, it is 40 times more sticky. And mm-hmm. it, um, not only is it uh, stickier, it is more refined. And so those two things put together really, really stress the intestinal lining and it creates permeability, and with permeability um, comes autoimmune diseases, uh, allergies, hives, um, and your your whole body is. So um, it's difficult to make the decision to not eat uh, processed grains, um, but that's part of a, of a healthy lifestyle. The other thing is that our milk is now pasteurized. Mm-hmm. And and um, it it changes how our body digests the milk, and so um, the, the other thing that it, that is essential for for health is fat. And mm-hmm. right now um, um, we are trying to undo what was done um, that uh, in 1958 uh, there was a um, a very handsome, charismatic uh, uh, Ph.D. doctor. His name was Ansel Keys. And um, he did a documentary, uh, The Search uh, for the New American Plague. And he um, did a research study, and mm-hmm. they looked at the fat consumption in different cultures around the world. And what I learned uh, in statistics was that you can make the numbers say anything if you manipulate how you count. And he he did very sloppy um, work and uh, falsified the results. And he said that what caused heart attacks um, was the fat in the food. And um, this was very, very, very beneficial to the American Heart Association that got their, um, which depend on donations uh, from the vegetable oil industry. So mm-hmm. um, the thing to eat became uh, vegetable oils and uh, margarine. And so the American Heart Association was very, very happy uh, with this relationship, and it went on and on and on. Today, we now know that vegetable oils, corn oil, saffron oil, and especially canola oil, are omega-6, and omega, or that's the oil that, that is in them. And this omega-6 oil is inflammatory. That means it causes inflammation in the body. And um, margarine uh, is hydrogenated, and it causes plaque in the arteries. So we need to return uh, back to grass-fed lard, uh, grass-fed butter, um, and to um, uh, olive oil, uh, avocado oil, uh, walnut oil that are uh, omega-3. Omega-3 is the oil that is anti-inflammatory. And so if you use olive oil, especially if you use it cold, on foods, um, then it reduces inflammation. And we have 
200 diseases right now that the mm-hmm. root cause of these diseases is inflammation. So by, mm-hmm. by changing your oil and uh, spending a few extra dollars and getting olive oil, avocado oil, uh, you can reduce inflammation. Now, there's a controversy right now about coconut oil because mm-hmm. coconut oil is saturated. And um, I have been doing research, and um, I haven't quite finished my research on it to, um, to promote it unconditionally. Um, mm-hmm. Olive oil, I mean, coconut oil is saturated, but it is still, for most people, a healthy oil. Uh, right now, my research is focusing on the APOE4 gene, and allele, and it, uh, everybody has an APOE. But if you have one, two, or three, uh, you don't have to worry so much about Alzheimer's or um, a cardiovascular illness. It turns out that the APOE4, that's the little allele that's on the end of the APOE gene, the, mm-hmm. um, tends to have problem with uh, lipids, which are fats. And so um, whether a person with the APOE4, if, is it safe for them to eat um, olive oil, I mean coconut oil, or not? I haven't read enough of the research at this point to be mm-hmm. able to say yes or no. Uh, I have um, cur- curtailed my consumption of coconut oil until um, I have enough research to know yes or no. Um, but definitely um, the oils uh, and margarine, you, people need mm-hmm. to go back to grass-fed butter. And when we uh, demand uh, the better food, then we're going to get it. Um, the other thing that um, is so, so, so important is um, what science now calls uh, prebiotic fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, back in uh, 2008, which is not that long ago, the National Institute of Health um, started the Human Biome Project. And this project was to do research on the or organisms, um, the, the very, very little tiny organisms that live in our body. It turns out that there's 100 trillion microbes in and on our bodies. And we didn't know why these microbes were in our bodies. We just knew that they were there. And it turns out that these microbes uh, are involved in every single process in our body. They're part of our digestion. They're part of our healing wounds. They're part of our brain health. Um, they actually move serotonin, which is created in the intestines, to the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but these microbes, um, their health is determined by the probiotics in the gut. Now, I know everybody knows about probiotics and how, you know, supplements mm-hmm. for probiotics are so plentiful. But instead of, or in addition to taking probiotics, we need to feed them, and probiotics eat fiber. And this, there are a lot of vegetables that are very high in fiber. Uh, we have artichokes, and which is the highest, 
and we have uh, daikon radish, which is a radish that looks kind of like a large carrot, carrots, uh, sweet potatoes. Um, there's um, blueberries, raspberries. Uh, there's fruits and vegetables, onions, garlic, uh, and this these uh, fruits and vegetables make a part of them gets into the colon uh, undigested, and this fiber feeds the probiotics. Ninety-five uh, percent of Americans do not mm -hmm. get enough vegetables, and they don't get enough um, vegetables with the fiber. And so these little microbes that work for us and make us healthy, they don't, they're not getting fed. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that needs to be included in the diet is this prebiotic fiber. And it feeds the probiotics, and the probiotics work for us and make us healthy, and it's just a beautiful symbiotic relationship. So uh, oils, uh, fiber, uh, mm -hmm. water. Uh, you need to drink half your weight in the water. I try and drink uh, seven glasses of water a day, uh, and it's just like a, a rainstorm. You know how how wonderful mm -hmm. it feels mm -hmm. and how clean it is after a rainstorm? Well, that water creates a rainstorm and cleans our bodies out, and it's uh, essential for health. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting. You're listening to From My Mom's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Diana List Gallego. She is the founder of Rejuvenating Lifestyle and Dance. Diana has a master's degree in dance and related arts from Texas Women University and holds lifetime teaching certifications in dance and physical education. In her 44 years teaching career, she has won many recognition, including a coveted Disney Teaching Award. We're having a conversation about her life's journey and her program of Move, Refresh, Renew will help you to rejuvenate yourself into a new you seamlessly while having fun. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Diana, what do you enjoy most about coaching others? Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, coaching! I, I, you know, uh, I fell in love with teaching when I was uh, seven years old. Um, mm -hmm. I just absolutely loved my dance teacher, um, and um, she not only gave me um, developed my skill as a dancer, but she gave me a life, uh, and she gave me a vehicle to overcome my extreme shyness, and. Um, from there, my first teaching experience when I was in the eighth grade, um, and I got to continue that experience um, when we had a new teacher the following year, and so I got to teach the whole entire year of my ninth grade in junior high, and then in um, high school, I was a newbie, uh, and my teacher put me to teach workshops and do choreography. And um, it gave me social capital, but it also mm -hmm. gave me this incredible feeling of um, being able to contribute. Uh, when I had my dance studio, I didn't want to compete. It was not my students asked for it. And um, it, was, it was not just teaching them to dance. Um, but it was teaching them to learn how to win and lose. It's something that people who do sports have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. We 
we learned from that, and um, uh, you know, I didn't have any um, special uh, training. Everything that I learned, uh, I learned from uh, what works and didn't work, and um, I have been a part of a 12-step program for 10 years, mm-hmm. and it's um, so rewarding to see people's lives enriched, to mm-hmm. see how um, they can make small changes, um, you know, and get a sense of um, of, uh, of energy, of um, freedom, of growth, of um, new ways of looking at things, uh, new ways of exploring and being and living. And uh, anytime I can do anything to help another person, uh, you know, all my trials and tribulations, my struggles are all worth it because uh, when we share our journey and it helps someone else, it's mm-hmm. just, it's the most gratifying uh, feeling that I can have. And it's equal uh, to being in the state of flow. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Fantastic. How do you measure success and what is a reasonable expectation? Oh, how do you measure? I think for me the most important thing is to understand that we wander through life mm-hmm. finding our way. And if we are um, true to our soul, uh, we are not necessarily going to walk the safe path that someone else has walked. We're going to walk our own path. And this is going to mean that we're going to make some mistakes and we're going to learn mm-hmm. things, um, but not being to seeing the mistakes that we make as part of our journey and learning from them and uh, continuing and finding if this is, doesn't work or this doesn't feel good, uh, am I is is my soul being expressed? Can I can I whatever task that I'm doing? Can I bring creativity and presence and joy into what I'm doing? And um, and if I'm not, what can I do different? Can I stop telling my stories and making excuses for myself? Can I just uh, say, okay, I made a mistake, and you know, and 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 not fall totally apart, uh, but you know, pick up the pieces and try again. And um, it just life, you know, throws us some some curves, and sometimes those curves are for us to wake up. Sometimes it's just life, mm-hmm. and um, the trick is to to be true to ourselves. And to not give up and not to live for someone else, but to live for who you were designed to be. Very, very interesting. Where can someone go to learn more about you and your company? Well, um, I have a website. It's called rejuvenatinglifestyle.com. I have a page on Facebook uh, where I post um, things related to a rejuvenating lifestyle, not only my own blogs, but interesting articles by um, people that I find. And that page on Facebook is called rejuvenatinglifestyle.com. 
Um, and I have um, posts. I, I, it's hard for me to stay up with everything that I'm discovering mm-hmm. um, that I want to share. And um, I'm getting to do uh, um, my next post is going to be on, on, on the oils and explaining mm-hmm. um, why the different oils are healthy for you or unhealthy and so that people can make um, informed decisions. My, uh, I try to provide simple and uh, was simple and easy, low-cost and no-cost lifestyle strategies that promote health and longevity. Wonderful. How has studying your company, Rejuvenating Lifestyle, impacted you personally? Oh, my goodness. When I retired August uh, 2016, um, I had not the last um, probably two years, um, my job kept expanding and expanding and expanding, and I um, uh, neglected myself, and I could not uh, walk up the steps. Um, It was painful. Uh, to walk. I lived on the second story and it was ex- very excruciating pain to walk up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I had uh, fibromyalgia and I knew that um, I had to do something different. So I just um, set out, started doing research on, um, I, I have been involved with um, this path since uh, 2005 uh, when I found uh, Dr. Vera Kentipong and um, she started teaching me about food and water and acupressure and um, relaxation and exercise and, and so that, that, that basis of uh, I knew that I had to go back to what she had taught me, and I needed to delve deeper into it. So I, I just poured myself into doing research, just like if I was going into a job. And today, you know, uh, with the National mm-hmm. Health Institute, you can just Google it, and all the information, thousands of research studies are available at our fingertips, and we have leaders in functional medicine. So I started ordering books from the leaders and reading it, and um, – um, by December of that year, I had, um, you know, my course set out for me, mm-hmm. and everything that I write about is stuff that I have personally experienced. Uh, I don't, um, uh, if I haven't done it or tried it or experienced it, um, I don't, um, I don't mm-hmm. post it, and mm-hmm. until I feel that I'm making a useful uh, contribution, I don't post it. So um, today I'm, I um, am working out, uh, doing a cardio workout because I walk the walk so I can talk mm-hmm. the talk. Uh, yeah. I do a cardio workout um, five to six days a week. I do a neurotrophic workout two to three times a week. And uh, I'm uh, training to do a 5K, and I am pain-free not only am I pain-free, I have energy. And people say, what's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because I belong to this network, uh, business network, and, you know, I'm, people say, gosh, you have more energy. And the truth is, 
I feel as good as I did when I was 30, and I'm mm-hmm. 66. And anybody who does this re- rejuvenating lifestyle can have that. Mm-hmm. And, but you have to be unreasonable and uh, about how you live your life. Fantastic. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, what would you like to share with the listeners this morning as a recipe for living? Uh, A recipe for living is focus on your heart. Uh, Bring your heart into your relationships. Bring your heart into um, your work. Bring your heart into taking care of yourself. And people who uh, are socially connected and, and live and have love, they have happiness. And the longevity is based on happiness, not on exercise. Uh, and I hate to say not even on diet. It's based <laughs> on being happy and um, um, being around people you love and doing things that you love. So live your life with love. Fantastic. Diana, thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, January 30th. My guest will be Michael Sullivan. He is a retired adventurer and the author of the recently released historical memoir, Not Our Day to Die, Testimony from the Guatemalan Jungle. Michael and I will be having a conversation about his escapades as a pilot for hire traveling the world with Jacques Cousteau and his meeting with Father Bill Woods in Guatemala and events that reshape the Icon region. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Diana, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again. Have a blessed 2018. Likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Johnny. Bye-bye. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more.